Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, and it's telling me I forgot to stay in bed this morning. <laughs> relatable. Very relatable. <laughs> to listen to the show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, because we're still talking about the 1967 Spider-Man show, we have a guest. We are joined today by our friend from the Toku Ladies podcast and uh, a former guest on the Falling with Style Pixar movie podcast, uh, Mara. Mara, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad you invited me. Yeah, welcome to the Spidey Show. <laughs> so uh, we're talking Spider-Man, but we're also talking a very specific Spider-Man show. So I'm curious... Uh, just in general, to kick us off, what's your background or relationship with Spider-Man? And do you have any sort of familiarity or background with Spider-Man 1967, the cartoon? Yes. So I am an old. I was born in <laughs> 71. So I was not watching Spider-Man 67 uh, originally, but I definitely, definitely watched it in reruns as a kid. I was sure. I was probably watching cartoons by, you know, 74, 75 uh, and as soon as I started playing this, I remembered I remembered the you know the theme song, although it is longer than I remembered actually. <laughs> I only I remember the first verse. I remember it up to you know catching thieves just like flies, and I was like, yep, and that's where it ends. Oh no, it really, really, really doesn't. But I was li- I was little. Uh, other yeah. Spider Man, you know, I'm I'm generally familiar with Spider Man. I've read and uh, you know, I've read some Ultimate Spider Man over the years. You know, I watched um, I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons. So you know, I saw I saw all that stuff at one point or another. Um, I you know I read the uh, Spider Man comic in the comic section of the Washington Post <laughs> for nice. many many years. So I probably knew that and the cartoon before I ever knew anything else. Sure. So. You know, so it was, it was fun to watch this again. It was, it was all sort of vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, well, it, I mean, this would have been the only Spider-Man cartoon, like, when you were a kid. So that makes, oh, yeah. makes yeah. sense. Like, if you were watching a, a Marvel superhero show, this was likely one of them. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah, I was watching all of them. All the DC, I mean, everything. I loved, I loved all the superhero cartoons, so. Yeah. Nice. And it, it, it always strikes me to think like how big of a gap there was between this Spider-Man cartoon and the next one, because there wasn't anything after this one off the air in, in like 69, I guess until Spider-Woman in 79 and then the 81 Spider-Man show. So like it, yeah, yeah there's a whole generation of kids born in that like 10 year period where this was the only mm-hmm. Spider-Man show that this, ever existed. Yeah. We were yeah. seeing this in reruns. We were seeing X-Men, you know, 
Justice League, all that good stuff. I'm trying to think <laughs> if I saw the 81 Spider-Man. I, I took a quick look. It didn't look familiar. So sure. I'm pretty sure this is the one that I saw. The yeah. if if you're familiar with, uh, did you ever watch Amazing Friends with like Iceman and Firestar? Yes, Because yes. that I think was like the bigger one, or at least the longer lasting one. Yeah, I think I did. Maybe <laughs> it all blurs together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and now it's even harder to keep track because there's just always a Spider-Man show on, which is certainly a blessing. Yes. Um, but <laughs> as opposed to like decades in between shows, now there's just kind of always, always something, which I won't complain about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've always been very fond of Peter Parker. So yes, yeah. Well, cool. if uh, if folks want to watch along, it is a little bit challenging because it's not available legally in streaming form. We've said it before. We've dropped hints uh, and explicitly said <laughs> before where you can find it. It's not too hard uh, if you just Google about. Um, but if you really want a hard copy, you can find the DVDs. You just have to drop. A wee bit of cash because they're a bit harder to find. So you can follow along if you would like. Absolutely. The episode we are talking about today of Spider-Man 67, it is season one, episode five. The first segment of that is entitled, Never Step on a Scorpion. The synopsis per me is, Spidey gets stepped on by Scorpion. (laughs) The original air date is October 7th, 1967. As you might expect, the character highlighted in this episode is the aforementioned Scorpion. Um, He's voiced by Carl Bannis, who was a radio DJ um, and an actor, of course, uh, as we see here. He is another Canadian actor, as most of these voice actors are. Um, So there are a couple things that are familiar on his credits, more so than some of the other folks we've talked about, but largely a lot of Canadian stuff. Uh, Unsurprisingly, Bannis voiced a number of characters in that Claymation Rudolph special we've mentioned a bunch of times. Largely, he was a bunch of the Misfit Toys. Um, which is cool. The one that I remember off the top of my head was he was the the train with square wheels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. He also provided voices for Rocket Robin Hood. At least one character uh, that he voiced we will see carried over into a later season of this show. Because, Mara, I don't know if this was something that you had encountered, but this show eventually goes on to just splice an entirely other show into it to create new sort of hybrid episodes because of budgetary constraints. (laughs) (laughs) So a character that Bannis voiced for that show appears here uh, because they just, you know, cut and pasted it. (laughs) That Somehow that does not surprise me. I didn't remember that, but yikes. Yep. Checks out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I think this is the first uh, like bit of evidence we actually have for it because we haven't really encountered a character like that. We're not going to actually encounter those episodes for a while, but yeah. it was funny running into that. Um, Although I will tell you, since we're talking about it, there's not really a place to bring it up. Sure. This is based on the the Spider-Man 67 book that I pulled a lot of information from in our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is the first episode of this show that uses footage from a different show. They already do it this early. Oh, um, it's not really? as bad because they basically there's a shot. I don't know exactly which one it is. It didn't specify it in the book, but there is like a shot of a police car that's driving or like I think driving towards the screen. I know exactly which one it is. That is from the Iron Man 1966 oh. show. Okay. So it's not like it's it's not as wild as Rocket Robin Hood being used at this <laughs> show. But as early as the fifth episode, they are already pulling footage from other shows into this one. 
Oh, I forgot to say that I, I watched, I, I literally just finished watching it. I was watching with my 12-year-old son, because I always like having one of my kids watch these oh, things yeah. with me. Yeah, so I, I got my son Barack to uh, to watch with me. And we oh, noticed boy. we noticed a number of just reused, especially within this first segment, mm-hmm. they reused at least twice, maybe three times, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man swinging in through uh, Jameson's window, and also <laughs> the scorpion climbing up the corner of the wall. That yep. was like, that was completely repeated, and I feel like there was something else. Those were the two, those were the yeah. two that I wrote down, but uh, so I, I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, if you watch literally any other episode before this, you'll be like, oh, half of this show is just recycled shots. <laughs> I, 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 I literally, I literally wrote down, I was like, you know, I bet they use the swinging in through his window shot in every episode. <laughs> Anytime he's traveling through the city, uh, we've 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 seen all those swinging shots many oh, times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The swinging, right? The swinging between the buildings. Yeah, they they showed that like four times mm-hmm. just in this episode. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bannis was also the voice of Old Tusk in Babar the movie. We've mentioned Babar a couple times here, too. So Bannis portrayed a character named Sergeant James on the live-action Canadian drama Wojek, which I'm not familiar with, but I feel like I've heard the name of before, so it felt uh, significant. Doesn't mean um, a dog to me. I mean, it doesn't I mean a dog. Like I just it. said, I was reading the word sheepdog in the next sentence. Doesn't ring a bell for me is what I meant to say. <laughs> now, are you thinking of Kojak? Maybe. Yeah, maybe Bojack. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm crossing some wires here. Kojak or Bojack or yeah. all sorts of... Kolchak. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of sheepdog, uh, he did voice a sheepdog named <laughs> Schaefer in the Canadian cartoon series The Raccoons, uh, which I've definitely never heard of, but did run for five seasons and spawned several TV specials. Oh, my God. And he voiced voiced the grandpa in an animated adaptation of Dumb Bunnies, the picture book series created by Dave Pilkey of Captain Underpants fame. That oh. I actually did recognize. So I was happy to actually okay. recognize something uh, on these Canadians' <laughs> credits. <laughs> hmm. And random fun credit, he voiced Sweetums one time, Sweetums of huh. the Muppets, uh, in a segment called The Frog Prince on the TV show Tales from Muppet Land. Yay. Yeah, I don't know that Muppet show, but I love Sweetums. Yeah, I, yeah, I love Sweetums. I don't think I know Tales from Muppet Land, but I yeah. get the sense that it's like a lot of like retellings of stories just with Muppets. I mean, they're which makes sense. Actually, no, maybe I did see it because I remember something. I remember a show where they were retelling fairy tales with the Muppets. So maybe that is what maybe I did see it. I don't Do know. you remember roughly what year it was from, Doug? Um, uh, it was, I think it was probably like somewhere in the eighties, which would sort of line up with most of his credits. Yeah, Mm. I was, it definitely would have been something I was watching in the late eighties because I feel like it was before I left for college. I went Mm. to college in 89. So that, that could be, maybe I did see this. I vaguely (laughs) remember the show. I remember liking (laughs) it a lot. Like if it's the one, but it sounds like something I would like. I hope that it's easy to find somewhere i don't think it's on disney plus because i don't think i've seen it pop up there but i bet you it's i bet you you could google about and find it i remember (laughs) see now i'm gonna have to look for it to see if it's the show i remember (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) well i guess we can just sort of dive in then uh like we've been doing for 67 i'll read a brief summary and then we'll just go wherever we want with conversation So this segment opens with Jameson receiving a demonstration of a lab-created villain that he paid for named Scorpion. 
ready to unleash Scorpion on Spider-Man. Immediately, Jameson receives some pushback from Scorpion's creator, Dr. Stillwell, uh, who believes they need to run more tests. Cool thing right off the bat, we know all of these names uh, because they carry through. Like, these aren't names that get forgotten in time, like some of the characters we see in this cartoon. Yeah, these are in other shows. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, mm-hmm, yeah. Continuity. Yeah. Right. It's cool. It's yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting. I mean, I, I think especially any any future shows like the '90s show, some of the earlier episodes did stick relatively close to the comics. Um, so you know, kind of like this one sort of does. So like, mm-hmm. it's it, it it's it, but it is interesting because like nobody cares about Doctor Stillwell, <laughs> but they still bring back Doctor Stillwell. Yep. So that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I will say I will say that when uh, J. Jonah Jameson was introduced and said his lines in this first scene, my son looked at me because he he knows nothing about Spider Man. He went to this totally cold. Um, Ooh. other than he knows. Peter Parker or Spider-Man. Sure. That's like the sum total. He turned to me and he's like, he said, is that a bad guy? <laughs> and my it's a very good question, question for this answer. series. Yeah, and, and, and I had to kind of pause and my husband was in the other room going, well, he's a mean guy. And, <laughs> and I was like, well, kind of? He's He's Peter Parker's boss, and my son was just giving me this look like, are you kidding? Really? It's a, he's, a, he's a complex character. Yes. <laughs> he's gone through many character journeys over the past seven yes. decades. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also just want to add the tests, some of the tests, among the tests that are being run is, you know, testing Scorpion's strength uh, against, for example, a big block of granite that just... <laughs> Says the words granite. How else would you know what it is? Good point. That is exactly what I said. I was like, look, it says granite so that we know it's granite. They don't want you to think it's steel because that would be too much. Like that. You couldn't do that. My son was like, what's granite? And I'm like, it's just block. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So if my 12 year old doesn't know what granite was, I'm not sure how helpful that was as a label, but okay. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, at the Bugle, after struggling to ask Betty Brant out on a date and watching Jameson Storman to declare that Spider-Man will soon be no more. Interesting phrasing, given the comic Spider-Man No More just came out, uh, mm. but will be no more due to a new weapon. Uh, Peter dips out, suits up, eavesdrops on Jameson talking about the villain and sets off to find the Scorpion. The two meet and clash pretty immediately. Spider-Man whiffs a couple attempts to defeat Scorpion first by dropping a smokestack on him, then by webbing him up, before escaping by tricking Scorpion into blowing up some sort of uh, electric transformer thing um, that actually sets the entire building on fire. Uh, So that's responsible. That thing's not. That thing can't be up to code if it's like that easy to set the entire building up on fire. Yeah, that was that was that was definitely not good. Not good Mm -mm. construction. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, Stillwell discovers that the Scorpion is growing both stronger and eviler, uh, and there seems to be a correlation between the two uh, in the Scorpion's case, and he calls up Jameson to give him a heads up that the Scorpion might actually be uh, dangerous. So needless to say, after this conversation, Scorpion attacks the Daily Bugle. Spider-Man arrives after hearing Betty's screams and defeats Scorpion with his upgraded extra-sticky webbing. After a call from Betty, the police arrive to apprehend Scorpion and take him to prison. But the episode's not over because Scorpion easily escapes just by ripping the bars off the window. <laughs> that just cracked me What were the police Wild. thinking? Have they ever met a villain in their town before? Right? Like, ever? Like, what? Is this all newbies brought in from out of town? Yeah. Just put him yeah. in a regular cell. No problem. Yeah, sure. It'll be fine. It's not even like like 
I mean, I know it's like old school cartoon jail cell, but it's like not even really a window. It's just an open, yeah. open uh, <laughs> hole in the wall <laughs> that he can easily jump out of. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. beautiful. Yeah, this is the simple fact that this episode is eleven minutes long, and there is a whole sequence where Scorpion is defeated, sent to prison, and escaping prison, and it's like, like what five minutes into the episode or something yep. ridiculous, yes. like. Really threw me off. Also, no mystery as to why they reuse footage because they they start essentially a whole new episode after this. <laughs> right, where they reuse the climbing. And yeah, it was great. Yep. So Scorpion escapes and naturally sets out to get revenge on both Jameson and Spider-Man with a priority on Jameson. So uh, news spreads that Scorpion is headed back to the city. And so Peter suits up again. He briefly searches the city before realizing, of course, Scorpion's going to go straight to the bugle. So the two clash once again, uh, and when Scorpion hears the police sirens uh, outside and that the police are on the way, he flees out the window because he doesn't want to go back to that prison that he escaped from immediately. (laughs) so easily. (laughs) (laughs) But he does not succeed in escaping because Spider-Man intercepts him on his way out the window. The episode ends with Peter walking out on Jameson, reading a piece in the Daily Bugle, praising himself for the defeat of the Scorpion. Learns absolutely no lesson. <laughs> no, not one. Not a single, not a single lesson. You know, I, I'd forgotten how much of the cartoon was uh, J. Jonah Jameson trying to frame Spider-Man for things. Like, I, yes. I, I knew that in theory. Like, and I, you know, I, I clearly had seen it, but I, I went to this and I was like, oh, right, that's basically the show. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. It's so great that your son asked that question right off the bat. Like, mm-hmm. is he a bad guy? Because at this point, in both the comics and then subsequently the show, kind of more straightforwardly, yes than now. You know, like yeah, like your husband said, he's a mean guy. But that's like with a lot of dimension and a lot of storyline and a lot of like growth. Uh, he really point. was just sort of like out to get <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> Yeah, Brock asked, like, why why is he out to get Spider-Man? And I I was like, I don't remember him having a reason other than he didn't like him. Is I mean, I don't know, is there one in this cartoon? Because I definitely don't remember anything. Actually, that's an interesting question because some adaptations will, like, get into that, right? They'll, right, like, right. explain why Jameson doesn't like superheroes or why he doesn't like Spider-Man specifically because his identity is a total mystery or whatever. Right. Um, but, no, I think he just – he doesn't like superheroes. He thinks they're vigilantes. <laughs> um, yeah. But even that's from the comics. Like, I don't think the show really ever gets into it other than – yeah. Sometimes Spider-Man makes Jameson look like a fool. <laughs> oh well. I love this I love this show, but it absolutely strips any semblance of like characterization <laughs> at all. Like there's there's no substance from from that on that yeah. front here. Yeah, yeah. And the, I mean the other thing that bothered my son was we got to the end he's like, Well, what was the scorpion? Was he a guy in a costume? Oh my like, gosh. And I, I'm like, I don't know. Was he was he a mutated scorpion? It looked like a person, like he just yeah, that just it just bugged my son. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, that's a fair question. I had just sort of let it go because cartoons. But uh, you yeah. know, my 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 12 year old expects more characterization and explanation. Yeah. You know, sure. <laughs> so it was, it was 
kind of funny. I would be so curious if you, like, as an experiment, just showed him the Scorpion episode from the 90s show, because that would still be an old show for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, but uh, that one does, you know, obviously, because it, it's like a 22-minute cartoon, and, and they tried to be a little more modern with it uh, for the time. Like, they actually do, you know, write a whole backstory and character arc and stuff like that for, for everybody. I would be really curious to see, like, having seen this episode and then watching that episode like what he would think about that because it would basically answer like all of his questions i think he would be he would be he would be much happier i mean he enjoyed watching this but i don't think if i tried to get him to watch more of the 67 cartoon i don't i think he'd be like i've i've i mean he did sit through both and he had a good time but i I think he i think he's done with with this but he yeah he might enjoy if it if it had an you know actual explanation because yeah he you know he expects decent characterization and you know explanations for things so That was kind of but funny. you know, it's funny though, Derek, that even you say that because like even as a kid watching the '90s show, like I think if you had asked me point blank, does Scorpion wear a suit or no? I think I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure how to answer as a kid. Like I think I would have been like, I don't think so. Like he never has it off, but, but it they, does. They look do. Like they a do suit. show him <laughs> put it. They do show him put put it on in that show. Like he's because he gets all bulky and like expands into it, and that's why it becomes form fitting. Like to be fair, I feel like it's it is pretty clear. But the, 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 I guess this is more a comment on just the scorpion in general as opposed to the quality of either show. It's like <laughs> yeah, the scorpion true. in general is like sort of confusing in that regard. We sort of ran into that with the shocker a little bit at times too, where we're like. Is that fused to him? <laughs> he never seems to True. take it off. <laughs> I think Scorpion yeah. sometimes falls into that category where you're like, I know he used to be a guy, and I know he's not really just a guy anymore. But how much of this is him, and how much of this is not him? Right. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. yeah, he, he's not a he's not a villain that I that I particularly remember. You know, I I mean, I know the big ones. You know, if you ask me about Doc Ock or something, then I you know I'd be yeah. like, oh well, of course I know that backstory. But the Scorpion, <laughs> Sandman is vaguely familiar. That's mm-hmm. on to the next one, but Scorpion was not familiar at all to me, so I was like, "I'm sorry, kiddo, I have no idea." <laughs> one thing I love that this segment retains as a result of being so close to the origin of the Scorpion is the fact that his tail is largely just used as a third arm and yes. a launching mechanism. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's what his tail originally was. Was just I can beat the crap out of you with it, and I can jump really far the, with it. The launching, like... <laughs> I was kind of staring at it, going, "Did he just do that?" Uh-huh. The launching was quite. <laughs> it was like kangaroo, you know. Yeah. Forget score. I don't think scorpions do that. He's really a kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. There's not really that much about him that has anything to do with scorpions no. originally, no. except no. that he's supposed to be like stronger than a spider, and he's supposed to naturally built-in hate spiders i guess guess. Um, sure (laughs) but i grew up with the 90s show so i grew up with him having like this venomous tail Ah. uh, and then going back and reading the comic and being like wait he just jumps with it (laughs) it's so very confusing but now now knowing that i love that that's in the cartoon too yeah (laughs) it's just so funny because it seems so obvious to be like yeah a scorpion guy with a scorpion tail should have venom in his tail right. like a scorpion does. Why not? Or at least a spike on there. That's fu- right? At least it should look like it. Yeah. Right. It's funny that they didn't come to that conclusion, like, uh, you know, from the get-go, but okay. Yeah, I don't know what, I, yeah, I don't know why scorpion, but okay. 
you know, another thing I loved, I loved Betty's line after Peter walks out. You guys referenced it already, but, <laughs> you know, Peter's like, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot something. And she says, I forgot something, too. I forgot to stay in bed this morning. Yep. And we just I cracked can't. up. <laughs> that was, that literally, literally, Barack was like, that's a good line. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, it really Betty? was a good line. Betty is like the MVP of this show. One hundred percent. She's always on point. It's great. She's so good, and Maraher, a voice actor, is like the only woman on the regular cast. There's only four regular cast members. Yeah. yeah. She's the only woman, and so she plays pretty much like all every, the women we've heard so far. I was gonna say every woman in the show. Yeah. Yeah, and she's so good. Like she she carries that cast. She's so so good. I love yeah. her. I, I liked I liked her voice. I have to say that I I. It was interesting listening to the Peter Spider-Man voice actor. Ooh, yes. Where I'm so used to all of the movies with, you know, not I mean, they're not really teen actors, but kind of early 20s sounding actors. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the voice as Peter was okay. And the voice as Spider-Man, I, I found very jarring. But I, I feel like that was a. I feel like it's a very '60s stylistic choice, though, where like you know he's Spider-Man, so he must be a manly man, you know, yeah. even if he's supposed to be a teenager. But it just, yeah, I found his voice kind of like, mm, are you sure? Yeah, right. I've gotten used to it. When we when we watched the first episode, I was really bothered because it was sort of there were some inconsistencies that Derek was able to sort of uh, hypothesize had more to do with like a discrepancy between when the actor was directed to be Spider-Man or Peter based on, like, footage. Like, there might have been some weird, like, not realizing when Peter was Peter and when Spider-Man was Spider-Man. Right. It's gotten a lot more consistent where, like, he uses the one voice for Peter yes. and the one voice for Spider-Man. So I definitely buy what you were saying for sure, Derek. I will still say, though, I still don't like the voices. He does a good job. I just yeah. don't like it. And it's because I'm so affected by the Peter that we've had uh, yeah, yeah. over so many series now that I'm just like, I can't get into it. I just yeah. can't. The voice, yeah. the voice just does not do it for me. It did <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson was great. You know, the yeah. Scorpion's voice was classic villain. But yeah, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it felt very 60s. It felt very 60s to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it kind of reminded me of like Superman and, you know, Batman's voices and how every hero had to sound manly. Yeah. This is a hero and I'm wearing a costume. (laughs) Yeah. Like it is, you know, it was, I feel like it was, it was always sort of a a thing that made Spider-Man a little special is that he was a teenager. But, you know, if you're trying to adapt him into animation as a medium where Mm -hmm. everyone's used to their superheroes being adults and having manly voices, it's sort of like, okay, I mean, yeah, he's a teen and we're going to have Jameson calling him out as a teen and making fun of him as a teen all the time. But I mean, like, that's going to be off-putting to audiences if he sounds like a teenager, right? Because yeah. we know superheroes sound like manly men. So, yeah, so it, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think it, I think it is a subject of the time. It is, yeah. it is just really funny now because it's such a, yeah. it's such an artifact of it now because they really, would never totally. dare to make Spider-Man sound like that now. Oh, God, yeah. no, no, definitely not. Well, it's, I mean, it is really one of the things that made Spider-Man so wonderful. I remember when I was younger going, oh, Oh, wait, no, he really is a kid. I mean, that's why, you know, Robin, Batman and Robin, it was like, oh, yeah. you know, there's mm-hmm. a kid. That's why the Teen Titans and, you know, just all, all yeah. of that. It was, but he was, yeah, I mean, Peter felt like more like one of us, you know, yeah. I, if you were the Definitely. nerds hanging out with the other nerds, oh, he was our superhero. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And this makes him feel more like a Superman Clark Kent yes. situation where he's yep, disguising yes. himself when he's Peter. Yes. Which I think works really well for Superman. But the cool thing about Peter and Spider-Man is that they're both him, um, but yes. they're both him in different sort of settings. And both of yes. them feel incredibly authentic. Yeah. yeah. If anything, Peter tends to feel more authentic than Spider-Man does. Yeah. No, definitely when, when Peter was talking to Betty, honest to God, for a second, I was thinking, Clark? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wait, no, wrong, wrong superhero, wrong cartoon, yeah. wrong yeah. I mean, especially seeing him in a suit in, a, in you know, a newspaper office. Oh like, yeah. strong Clark Kent vibes, yeah. Very, very, very. This, I know that this, I know this outfit is ripped straight from the comics, I just hate this outfit. I hate it in the comics. I hate it in this cartoon. (laughs) Terrible sweater vest with the short sleeve shirt. Uh, The bright blue jacket. I just. Again, ah. 60s. So, so bad. So very 60s. The terrible clothing. (laughs) I just can't imagine. It was was a sad time. I have so many pictures of me and things and brown and orange and i'm like what was my mother thinking just a curiosity and what's funny is i have pictures of me basically wearing the same clothes peter parker wore in the 90s cartoon you know like bad striped polos and like colorful shorts and all of them together and really bad combos so i i just had to make sense i had to tell my kids i had to admit the other day that uh, as a teenager i owned a neon green and a neon yellow, uh, like tube top. Beautiful. I did, <laughs> and they were just like, "Are you kidding? No, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I probably have pictures of it somewhere." And they were like, "That's yeah. that's gross." Yeah. No. Yeah. Guess really, what? I was, was very cool, kids. <laughs> I, no, actually, I really wasn't. But but I did occasionally wear what the cool kids wore, and I, yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah. okay. Um, this this isn't clothing, but my uh, the house I grew up in, like my parents built it in in like the seventies. Um, I think like like probably around like seventy five or so. Mm-hmm. And they you know they didn't they didn't didn't run take take the time and money to like renovate it until you know we were like teenagers and stuff when they could like handle it. So growing up, I just grew up with bright orange shag carpet and oh, yeah. like pukey green shag carpet in the other room <laughs> and deep brown shag carpet yep. in the basement. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we we bought our house uh, in 90, 98, 90, 99, I think, and it had basically not been renovated since the seventies, mostly. So there were chunks of the house that had orange shag carpeting. Yep. The addition had this uh, had had the wood paneling. My parents' house had wood paneling up until probably maybe ten years ago. So, yeah, yeah, I grew up with all the wood paneling. And I mean, my mother had redone a lot of the house. She had, you know, not actually made it that much better, but that's a separate problem. Uh, my mother never had good taste but but yeah yellow painted walls too i forgot about that oh yeah oh yeah yeah my my mother my mother redid my bedroom in pink which is the color that i hate most in the world so that was really that was sweet and i was like oh good just what i never ever ever wanted oh man she liked pink so whatever well as long as we're talking aesthetics can we please address the scorpion costume <laughs> oh my god it, it was yeah that was a thing that happened there most scorpion costumes when they're obviously costumes i don't like very much 
And I yeah. guess it makes sense given where it came from. <laughs> they haven't drastically changed it. Uh, like the this is just like the most basic weird version. I don't understand the face situation. Right, right, yeah. right. The face is weird. <laughs> the eyes exposed. Yeah, actually, that was that was what Barack said. He's like, you know, if he had just been all green, it would have been better. There's yeah. something unsettling about it. Yeah, that yeah. that really bothered him. And I was like, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, I found the underwear and glove situation distressing. <laughs> yeah. um, His gloves that he referred to as claws that are built to to shred spider webs. Right. right. I was like, yep. wait, scorpions. Di- di- oh, never mind. What never if you mind. just had claws because you are a scorpion, perhaps? Like, right. What about that? Right. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. We were just sitting there going, but that doesn't make any sense. Oh my gosh, you know what I just remembered? I forgot the comic did this. He had, in the comics, he like, because he's a scorpion, but because they can't give him like massive, like scorpion lobster claws, he just has like incredible grip. (laughs) I forgot that was a thing. They don't do that in the cartoon, but I forgot he just has like an incredible grip. Okay, yeah. Love it. Yeah, Yeah, that that is definitely quite an aesthetic. And (laughs) are his gloves, I'm I'm actually just scrolling through, his gloves two different shades of green? I'm a little concerned about their coloring skills. I don't know. I think it depends. His his costume's always all green. It's just, it's it's too much. Are scorpions ever green? Like, at all? I don't. I think they're always like I think they're always like browns, reds, yellows, Black. oranges. I just right. I think like for I th- I really think the only reason that he's green is because they just sort of decided early on in the comics that like that was just a a, a popular thematic color for Spider Man's villains because uh, most of his vil- many yeah. of his villains have a green accent or are a green theme somehow. Huh. I think that's literally the only reason. Well, his villains. I mean, this is my theory. I'm sure. I'm sure they're. I'm sure I could find the answer. But like a lot of his early villains and iconic villains, as a result, are like green and purple. And I think <laughs> it's because he's red and blue. And so, if you're going to have them in yeah. like action sequences, I'm assuming it makes it pop better if he has like opposing colors. Colors, yeah. Because I was like, man, a lot of these are green, and there's a lot of purple going on too. And then if you think of, like, Green Goblin, his entire right. color scheme is the opposite of primary color. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah, but Green Scorpion just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense, like, in the in the natural world. <laughs> it just, it really doesn't. But, but again, I the, the, the only wearing underwear, gloves, and boots thing kind of bothered me. <laughs> I was like, is he, does this mean he is mostly naked? Or not. Again, is it a costume? I don't know. Yeah. I guess <laughs> In it the is. show, who knows? <laughs> That's the thing with this episode, too, is that it it, it moves so fast. And yes. the, the, so there's no room for any of that. Like, this is like two episodes packed. This is like two 22-minute episodes packed yes. into one 11-minute episode, ultimately. Yes. So there's like no room to explore who Scorpion is. Because, you know, in the comics, I think he, do, he, he does have a, have a backstory that can mm-hmm. be interesting. Um, but there's just no time to deal with that. Well, <laughs> gotta, there's no reason for them to apprehend him and then have him escape. <laughs> right, <laughs> Why right. Why did yeah. you do that? Well, then, Why did you do that? And then at the end, they don't tell us what they did the second time. Did they just put him back in the jail cell? Or did yeah. they come up with a better plan? Like, we don't know. <laughs> no, I no idea. I mean, we hope, yeah. we hope they came up with a better idea, but <laughs> yeah. I, I was a little afraid he was going to break out again. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you would think. That's what I would expect. Yep. <laughs> yep. I will say, despite I, I, I also don't like the aesthetics of the Scorpion. I do think that there are times when he's when his animation is surprisingly fluid, like on the yeah. curve of this show. Yeah. You know, given like even when he's not really doing much, like there was a there's a bit at one point where he's just turning around. But the way that they draw him turning around and his tail trailing behind him was just like really beautifully animated um, for that little moment. You know, there's 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 good moments like that. This isn't like the, this isn't the worst looking episode that we've seen. No, I would argue shot. it's one of the better looking episodes. Not yeah. the best episode, but it's a good looking episode. There were, yeah. there were definitely I mean, a, a lot of it was very nicely animated. And then there were just some really weird moments. I'm, I'm trying to remember there was one. No, I can't remember where it was, but there's just one where maybe it's in the second part, but where Spider-Man is thrown to the ground and it just every angle is slightly off. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was it was I mean, it was striking because mostly the animation had been pretty good. I had been thinking, oh, yeah. you know, no, everybody's mm-hmm. moving pretty well. This, you know, this is this is fun. The colors are fun. And it was just this really weird, like his head looked distorted and his arms mm-hmm. looked distorted. It was very yeah. strange. Well, the thing about yeah. this show is there's, like, no consistency when it comes to character models. So yeah. the fact that this first segment manages to actually do that pretty well really just kind of set you up for the second segment to <laughs> look pretty ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I, – I feel like it was in the second segment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure now yeah. that you say that. Yeah. I think it's when – I think it's when he gets, yeah, like, thrown across the room or whatever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Any other spare notes on this first segment? It is very lucky that Jameson keeps his windows open at all times oh, in the yes. Rule so that Spider-Man yes. doesn't have to crash through them. Yes, yep, right. All the way I did at the think top of that. of that tower. Right, which <laughs> yeah. I don't think the windows have ever opened in skyscrapers, but maybe <laughs> – I don't think even in the 60s they opened they in shouldn't. New York. I mean, <laughs> they yeah, like – Seems like a in, bad idea. I was in – you know, I was in skyscrapers in New York in the early 70s and I'm pretty sure they didn't open. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the bit of again ridiculous how fast paced the episode is, and there's like the turn where Jameson realizes like I've done wrong, and now I might be a target like two minutes into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do like after he recognizes that he's like out of the frying pan and into the fire, and it crossfades to a literal building on fire. Yes. I thought that was really clever. That was that was very nicely done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jameson cracks me up in this episode. He uh, He's terrible, but uh, be- once he realizes that Scorpion might be coming for him, he goes, like, full coward mode. Like, he uses Betty as oh. a human shield. Oh, yes. He, like, begs Peter to stay at the yeah. bugle, somebody yeah. that he berates on the Peter daily. Do? That's like, right. We, we, laughed. we just... laughed so hard when he was hiding behind Betty. And then, yep. and then oh, that's right. And then when, when he's trying to get Peter to stay, Barack was like, is he trying to use him as a human meat shield? Right, and I said, like, yes. "What else yes. could he expect?" And he's, he's like, "Wait, wait, seriously, he is." I'm like, "Yeah, really, he is." Uh huh. He's like, I was "And no one else, literally, no one else works at this newspaper, right. apparently. Nope. So. It's just the three of them." Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, speaking of Jameson, my first, uh, my first highlighted face here. Because I'm thinking this is just always going to be the case. I think Jameson's always going to deliver. I think Jameson is really these animators' muse. uh, Because he's always making amazing faces. This is him realizing that he can use the scorpion to defeat Spider-Man. He smiles in a way he's never smiled before and will certainly never smile again. uh, Because his face is putty and it is just wonderful. He's got a cigar in his mouth. His eyebrows are out in outer space. And it's beautiful. (laughs) It is a great face. (laughs) 
Uh, less beautiful Scorpion's face, just in general, uh, is unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we didn't mention about it was the nostrils. Oh, that yeah. really I was going to say the lips is what, looking at this face yeah. right now, I hadn't even thought about the nostrils, but the lips, like it's like his... It's like his lower lip is covered, but his upper lip isn't? Well, this is what bothers me about his face, is that, is it a mask or is it attached to his face? Because his mouth right. is just out there. Right. <laughs> like, right. It just, it's just kind of floating moves. and, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the face. That's that, that is weird. Right. That, and you know, every once in a while, people will try to, like, draw Peter Parker's face under the Spider-Man mask. If we try that exercise with Scorpion here for a moment, based on where his nostrils are and where his mouth is, there is literally no space between the bottom of his nose and his top lip. Like, there just is no, there's no actual upper lip. You're right. (laughs) Gigantic chin. Yes, and yeah, and the chin is, like, three times as long as a chin should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like there's no room on this face to put that mouth. <laughs> right. He, he has like his Jameson level eyebrows too. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Gigantic eyes. It's like I can get behind like I like stylized superhero stuff. Oh, for like sure. a lot of costumes don't make sense, but it's just off putting so much that you can't help but notice how bizarre it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, these these early Spider-Man designs, and I'm assuming other comics designs as well, really rely on like the same strategies to make dudes quote like ugly gruff guys and it's usually like a widening of the face a widening of the nose and like big eyes <laughs> and just like more lines and yes. scorpion falls right into that you know what oh, i mean yeah yeah and it looks in this shot it looks like he has whiskers I, I, yeah. that's supposed to be like oh, he does oh that makes bends. him cuter mara right but, doesn't he look, <laughs> it, but now he, it sort of makes him look like a like a catfish <laughs> yeah. The green is much more catfish like than scorpion like and he's got little whiskers and Yeah. Yeah, he just goes swimming. Yeah, I don't uh, The catfish wasn't intimidating enough of a name. <laughs> right. <laughs> I suppose not. <laughs> and then just a couple of things worth highlighting that aren't faces. There are a couple one of them Derek you already mentioned, and it's you know, it's from another show, but it's still worth mentioning here if you never watch Iron Man. There are a couple drawings and sequences and frames just in general that are really beautiful for this show, uh, which isn't a knock at the show. It just it prioritizes things other than what these two things are highlighting. One is that police car that you showed. And occasionally we see stuff like that. We saw it in the saloon during the Mysterio episode, these like highly detailed um, drawings that have like uh, shading, which normally isn't the case for the show. Um, but mm-hmm. also there's this really cool wide shot of spider-man swinging through the city that uses a background that's not the traditional painted background that they use um it's actually just like a drawn like a more standardly drawn background that like moves with him and i thought it looked really cool it ends up being like very vibrant as a result um and it's full of like straight lines and like geometric shapes the perspective is off but who cares it just looks really cool i think i love the colors too yeah they're off the chain but i love yeah (laughs) yeah much more miami than new york but i'm here for it (laughs) i i am totally here for it i mean again i was you know i was in new york in in the early 70s so colors are off but still very pretty Things didn't oh, you used didn't to be see pink and purple and buildings. Everywhere. I did not see pink and purple buildings. Um, I love so New York architecture, but this is not what it looks like. But that's okay. Like I don't that I really don't mind. This, you know, it's I mean, we all know it's 
it's superhero New York, which is yeah. not the same yeah. as regular New York. So yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Absolutely. I'm here for it, too. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, and Lillian. If you would like to support our show, too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Well, how about this second segment, eh? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) This second segment is entitled Sands of Crime. The synopsis per me is Spidey gets framed yet again, third time in five episodes for this show <laughs> that he's been framed, uh, this time by Sandman, surprisingly enough. Oh, yes. And the aforementioned Sandman voiced by Tom Harvey, who we previously heard as Electro. Uh, and I'll point out, very different performance. Uh, <laughs> neither voice yeah. uh, is what I would have, or or should say, have grown to expect from those characters, but as they are the first voiced versions of these characters i'm just going to appreciate how dedicated tom harvey is to to the performance <laughs> and the <Yeah>. dramatics <laughs> did he remind you to me all i could think was mr freeze from batman the animated series it's like the exact same performance i think there's i think there's some of that it's like if if mr freeze also was kind of a snake man <laughs> Like, there's a sort of weird serpentine performance to this Sandman, yeah, I, I think. I, I couldn't quite figure out what... How, yeah, the voice was a little <laughs> strange. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I didn't precisely have anything to say against it other than, huh. Well, yeah. Right, because... Well, and it's funny, because, Mary, you even said, like, Sandman isn't a villain you're super-duper familiar with, but I... I think it's sort of enlightening that you're even questioning his voice because it this this performance is very different than most Sandman portrayals we get because Flint Marco, the guy who is Sandman, is like this big brutish New Yorker and is usually depicted oh. that way. He's kind of a meathead, sort of a brick, oh, like a yeah. lovable idiot. You know what right. I mean? This this voice was definitely not that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I love that you're able like. Even if you couldn't put your finger on it, like you still identified some sort of dissonance there. I just, I just couldn't figure out what the voice was supposed to. I mean, it was. Cl- I felt like it was supposed to be representing something about the character because it was so distinct. Yeah. But I couldn't. Right. I couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be representing. Like I, I yeah. was like, is it representing that he's not American? Is it representing that he's not, you know, he's you know that he was never human again? Like so I didn't think of Snake, but that that is sort of. It, yeah, it felt like I was supposed to be getting something character-wise out of it, and I didn't. Yeah, I hadn't. Right, I hadn't thought about like what the characterization of the voice 
was supposed to mean. But now that you've sort of posed the question, I wonder, since there was no audible reference for this character, if it was meant to be like, well, he turns into sand and he sneaks around and he's he's sneaky, right? He's not brutish. He's sneaky. Like, I wonder if that's Mm -hmm. where it came from. But he does like big brutish things in this episode. So like, I don't know. I I would love to to know like yeah w- like why why that voice in particular. I was also thinking the, the I think a lot of the snaky stuff that like that I, I think it's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. But like I think it's also very whispery. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that to me evokes like maybe they're thinking Sandman like dreams oh. Sandman or Mr. Oh. Sandman. That could maybe. be what oh. they were thinking. That is possible. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because he's so far removed from that, but that's like a totally, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's a very heady <laughs> thing to, like, contextualize, but it, I, I, but I, like, agree with, I agree with, like, there is something specific that the actor is doing. Right. Like, this, this was a conscious performance yes. with a conscious decision, and, yeah. like, I think in a vacuum, the performance is good. Oh, yeah. It's just incredibly unclear yeah. what we're supposed to understand of it from it. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely yeah. possible that, you know, that the, the voice actor was given a specific direction and, you know, and that just didn't come through in the show. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot of that in this series that we wish we could get answers on, especially because yeah. it's the first time a lot of these characters are being voiced. Mm. So it's like magnified by the fact that, you know, this is the first time somebody's saying, like, sound like this. This is what this guy sounds like. Yeah. Right. So. so we have no we have no idea why they chose that. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, the show is like just outside the bubble of things being like well documented. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everybody who made it is dead. No. So we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> All right. So this episode, Sands of Crime, it opens in a museum where Spider-Man is framed, like Derek said, once again, uh, this time for stealing the world's largest diamond when Sandman sneaks in and snags it for himself. Uh, as the police pursue Spidey and Jameson gives a press conference announcing a charity event featuring said diamond, news breaks that Spidey allegedly stole it, which, of course, infuriates <laughs> Jameson. <laughs> After Spider-Man finally escapes the police, he visits the Bugle as Peter, where he learns that Jameson has received a letter signed with an S. Jameson believes it stands for Spider-Man. We know that it stands for Sandman. uh, Demanding a million dollars in exchange for the diamond's return. Which, by the way, if this is the world's largest diamond... I know this is like 1967 and money is different, but a million dollars doesn't seem to cover it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think this is where we get to the kids' cartoon. A million dollars is just the sort of number that you come up with when you're a kid. <laughs> it's just like the biggest. Yeah. I'm gonna number. make you. Yeah, it's like the biggest number you can imagine. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you give me a million dollars. Yeah, sure. Which is why that the, is and, a great. Which is point. why the you know, and when it goes on, when it goes on to the next number, that's such a classic kid. I feel like yeah. I feel like somebody, whoever wrote that was thinking about kids. It, yeah, that was a very like that. kid moment. That makes a That's lot a great of sense. point. And then and that makes a lot f- of sense later too when they like double it. Then it's like, wait yep. a second, you can't double an unfathomable amount of money. <laughs> right. Then it it's like becomes, infinity plus one. Yeah, right? becomes, exactly. A million plus one. Yeah. No, it, it was a very it was just a very kid number, I thought. Makes sense. And in all fairness, last week the vulture was asking for two million dollars in two one million dollar bills. <laughs> so <laughs> 
Which you they know. depicted Mara as like two golden colored dollar bills that just said one million on them. Oh, that's amazing. Nothing else was on them. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> Love it. Two million dollars. Yeah, that's that is that is in fact very kid. Yes. Very beautiful. Yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> also, Sandman has very beautifully elegant cursive handwriting. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I love it. I yeah, love we, it. We, 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 we were like, S, really? And Brock was like, S for Sandman? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, just checking. Yeah. I like, uh, I like, I like the handwriting being highlighted here, though, because let's normalize uh anybody of any gender designation having any type of handwriting yes uh, please mira we recently talked on falling with style about toy story 3 and they have a horribly uh like misogynist slash homophobic slash you know all sorts of whatever gender problematic mm-hmm. uh joke about uh ken doll's handwriting so oh. we're fresh on Fresh on the heels of yes. the property making yeah, fun of that is handwriting. Not. Yeah, <laughs> nice handwriting is a good thing to have no matter what. Yeah, anybody <laughs> can have any kind of handwriting. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, Spider-Man arrives at the beach, which is where Sandman arranged for the handoff. And the two clash, of course. <laughs> the handoff goes horribly. It results in Spider-Man looking guiltier. Uh, Jameson in possession of a rock, not the diamond, and Sandman in possession of a suitcase full of shredded paper, which is not a million dollars. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love that. I love that they swindle each other. That was kind it's of hilarious. Beautiful. I know. I love. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> naturally annoyed at Jameson's double cross, Sandman ups the ransom, like we said, to two million, and arranges a new rendezvous. This time at a rock quarry, which all of us are very <laughs> familiar with as Power Rangers and Toku fans. It does. Uh, I know. I. <laughs> literally went the quarry they're at the oh, oh, oh right right cartoon it's not the quarry which is funny because it means that they just chose a rock quarry which makes sense for Stan- sandman but it wasn't a rock quarry out of like necessity right yeah, right beautiful well jameson sends peter on assignment to deliver the month well to get pictures but also because he's going there anyway i guess also deliver the money which sure. seems so irresponsible. Yeah, really. <laughs> but Jameson established coward, so I guess it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so Peter shows up, but of course as Spider-Man. So Spider-Man tricks Sandman into a battle. He does this by like using what he calls his web glue or gluey <laughs> web or something like that. Yeah. Um, and tricks Sandman into picking up a, a suitcase that won't budge. Um, so they clash once again. Lots of sandy and webby shenanigans involving construction vehicles of all sorts ensue but spider-man ultimately prevails when sandman falls into a trough of water and reveals that he can't transform when he's soggy <laughs> that was <laughs> that was weird it's it's a very specific liberty they take to not have to explain sandman i feel like <laughs> I, yeah I, I was like but he doesn't because doesn't he say something about no Spider-Man says something about him turning to mud. There's there's a reference yeah. to mud, and I'm like, but sand doesn't uh-huh. turn into mud. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Not how it works. Yeah. I'm. I will. I will. Yeah. We'll we'll further explore that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just the choice of the word soggy. Soggy. Yeah. Is weird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, this this episode, uh, basically, I mean, it ends with Spider-Man retrieving the diamond, of course. He webs up Sandman, which I'll have comments on, tied up with the sogginess of it all. 
Uh, the police do apprehend him. And and ultimately, the whole shebang ends at the bugle, where Peter is recounting to some reporters the story of Spider-Man's battle uh, with Sandman and Jameson chastising Peter for not actually getting any of the photos he was assigned to get. Okay, the soggy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre because, okay, Sandman, water, that makes sense. Like you said, Mara, somebody references mud, so like they could have just done that. But they don't right. do that. They basically just say, like, oh, he can't transform if he's wet because he's soggy. It also means that because he can't transform, Spider-Man can just web him up like any other person. He doesn't, right. like, melt through it. He doesn't, like, dry out. He just, like, yeah, that was so he just, weird. He's just soggy. He's just soggy. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. It really wasn't, was. Wasn't the, the way that they defeated him, Spidey defeated him in the first issue that he appeared in was of the vacuum cleaner? A vacuum cleaner. Where's <laughs> that the vacuum perfect. cleaner? It sounds perfect for this show. Yeah. It would be so easy and fun for it to do. Why did they do this instead? <laughs> would have been That would have been super fun. Right. Yeah. It's so much more in the spirit of the show, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it would have made sense, and it would have been hilarious. Yeah. The oh. only re- the only thing I can sort of... Well, no, there's no explanation. I was going to say, like, they really wanted to feature web shenanigans and sand shenanigans, but they could still do that. They could they do that anywhere have. they wanted. They could totally right. have done that. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, th- this episode about, the, or this segment about halfway through, Brock was like, um... Spider-Man's not that smart, is he? (laughs) And I really couldn't disagree. At least in the first one, he was moderately intelligent, but Mm -hmm. not so much, not so much in this one. I, I, I I found that the first scene where he gets tricked, quote unquote, uh, by Sandman, I found it kind of cringeworthy. Like it, it, it really felt like one of those super obvious you know, I'm going to turn my head so I don't see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was like, really, I feel yeah. like they could have, they could have done that way. They could, they could have done that scene a better way. Um, maybe something more like the beach scene where he's, you know, he's out of sight. He sees Sandman approaching. He jumps in to try and stop him. And at that moment, you know, the, the, the security officers show up. That would have felt less cringeworthy. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they were trying to be clever and do something a little different, but it did not. It did not work for me. But yeah. I think it could have, though, with Sandman especially, because the the thing that Sandman is able to do that often makes Spider-Man look like a fool is that he can just disintegrate into sand and then not exist, like he does at the beach, like you said. Like that could have happened at the museum. Why not? He could have seen Sandman. It wouldn't have hurt anything. Yeah. It totally, it totally would have made more sense, and it would, it would not have left me feeling, wow, Spider Man's not very bright. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a great showing for for Spider Man's intelligence in this no, episode. Definitely, yeah. definitely not. Because yeah. he's 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 been a tinkerer and made cool devices in past episodes. I would like, hope so. That's part of his yeah. identity, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. These these just aren't particularly good looks for him. Yeah, you know, especially this one. I don't feel like this one is. Uh, particularly well like even on the curve of this show which everything's you know it's not a particularly clever show most of the time intentionally it's just very very straightforward but um even even on the curve of this show it's pretty there is really a lot going on in this episode which is sort of disappointing because sandman could can be a really cool villain if you use him right but yeah i i did like peter at the end getting to tell the other reporters all about spider-man saving the day like i thought (laughs) that that was really funny 
I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the look on his face. Um, you know, and then I enjoyed the classic, but where are your photos, you know, response. And then I had to explain to Brock that that's kind of like a running Spider-Man joke that, you know, Peter wants to tell everybody about the cool thing that Spider-Man did. And then, then somebody goes, well, where are your pictures? I mean, you're a photographer, right? Yeah. And so (laughs) I had to tell him about that, but that was, that was, I, I, I enjoyed that scene. And the, as the episode ended and, J. Jonah Jameson says, it just goes to show you can't send a teenager to do a man's job. Brock turned and looked at me and said, but you're the one who sent him. <laughs> and I was like, good point. Mm, yeah. Brock is well, on to Jonah. He really has figured, he has figured it out. So yep. like that, that did crack me up. Like the, the, the yeah. last bit I thought was the best part of this segment. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah's yeah. just like, it's so reliable. Like regardless yes. of the property he's in, you know, yes. cause like, mm-hmm. yes. like Brock clocked it right away. Like, He's he just he does something nonsensical or or dumb and then just like totally one eighties on his own actions mm-hmm. uh, and just makes a yeah. fool of himself in the process. But it's like yep. so proud. <laughs> yes, like, he's so yeah. he's so proud of himself. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, he's always like the really the best part of even the weakest episodes when he comes in. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. Jonah, <laughs> Jonah comes in. And he's like the fucking grease lightning. Just like the episode just takes off and yes. it's just like great. It's funny. That's when that's when you get the clever stuff like Sandman and Jameson swindling each other. Yeah, yes. Like, yes. I love that stuff. That it's was great. that. Yeah, that was the other. That was the other really good part. Was was the reveal of oh they both they both. I was like okay that's that's pretty funny. So good, <laughs> so good. What. I just, I can't get over what Spider-Man was thinking going to the beach and having no plan. Right. I mean, even if he doesn't know it's Sandman, like, it was so clearly a setup that, like, (laughs) right. oh, my first try at pulling it with my webbing didn't work, so I'll just walk out there. Yeah, that's That's the thing is, like, this episode feels kind of weirdly empty, which, again, in an 11-minute 67 Spider-Man cartoon, you have certain expectations. Yeah. And so that's sort of like a weird – it's still weird that it's still like missed the mark on that. It's Because I do think that that this show will occasionally still comment on what's going on. Like I, I think it could have very easily been like Spider-Man saying to himself, I know this is a trap. I can't think of it, but I've got to do it because I'm a hero or something. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. You, yeah, like, they could, they could work been. around it. But yeah. yeah, yeah, they've done that where he's like, I know that this is a trap, but I got to go in yeah. anyway. Right. Like, See, yeah, that's that's really all I ask is that the writing acknowledge the flaw. I, I am usually pretty happy. It's it's just like with, um, you know, with Technobabble. All I yeah. ask is that the show acknowledge that this thing is not possible. So, you know, so the show yells, uh, we need to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. And then everyone goes, yeah. And then they move on. I'm like, okay, great. Or I love, I also love like when shows handle that by having like the one character who like, wouldn't be familiar with whatever that person's saying. And is like, will that work? And they're like, of course it'll work. And you're like, of course it'll work. You know? (laughs) Yes, of course it will. Yeah. Like I, I just, I ask that you acknowledge the problem, <laughs> if, you th- if you throw some techno babble at it, throw a, you know, well, I have to do this. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go once you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it happens because I think, Derek, I think empty is a good way to describe it. But I think it's because they did do a couple things well and just chose to focus on that mm, and then sure. decided like, well, we're going to do these things and it's going to be cool. And then like left everything else by the wayside. Because yeah. I yeah. do think the two things that I do like about this segment or can appreciate about this segment, I guess I should say one is I think they really did want to 
capture that sort of like Sandman is capable of making Spider-Man look like a fool. Mm. I don't think they mm-hmm. n- necessarily do it well, but they did set out to make Spider-Man look like a fool and they do succeed at that. <laughs> That's true. Uh-huh. Um, and then the, they just don't do it in a graceful way or a way that makes a lot of sense. The other thing that I do think they did well that I do actually like is they clearly wanted to use Sandman as an excuse for Spider-Man to show off a lot of like web constructs so that they have a battle between web construct and sand construct. And like, I'm kind of here for that. I love that this show that had such limited resources and technical limitations still was like, we're going to do a Sandman episode. And not only that, we're going to do tons of web shenanigans. Yeah, I can appreciate that. That is true. He does make a bunch of different things, doesn't he? Yeah. That's a good point. I love the the web baseball mitt. Me too. <laughs> yes. the, and then, yes. But what I love about it is when the sandball goes through and it pops like a balloon. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> oh, so this wasn't a web construct. You like it was actually full of air, I guess. Sure, buddy. Of right. course. <laughs> I, I like the, the, yeah, the diamond going through... Oh, I like so the ball funny. bouncing back. Yeah, those were fun. Those were fun. We 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 laughed pretty hard. The huge yeah. web slingshot, so yes. unnecessary, yes. so yes. beautiful, so wonderful, wonderful slingshot. Yes, <laughs> I loved Amazing. the slingshot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Made no sense, but I loved it anyway. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. I, I and I do think that even though I I don't a lot of this episode is not very good looking. Um, I, I do think that some of the Sandman stuff does look really cool. Like when he is like piles of sand yes. that's moving in certain yeah. scenes yeah. and forming into sand. They do a really like they they do take it up a notch for that because there's a lot of detail in the moving sand. Yeah. Some of that. Some of that was was pretty cool. The, the, you know, forming up into a person and forming and then sliding right back down into the sand. That was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. given that I my expectations were basically like, well, this is Sandman. They're just going to do like stretching and growing and stuff. Like there's one moment where he just stretches his arm and it yeah. doesn't necessarily look like sand. That's kind of what I was expecting. The fact that they do anything that looks like sand I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, the, the sand effects were cool. Yeah, when he did stretch the arm out, I found that I was like, why would he no, why would they show it like that? It looked cooler right. before. Yeah, I'd you're not Mister Fantastic. Yeah, you are not. <laughs> I had forgotten about that because I was just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, Boring. it doesn't look good. And they'd shown that they could do better by this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say about this segment, but yeah, I don't. Floor's it. open. If anybody has anything else, <laughs> I had so few notes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so few notes it it doesn't rank very high for me as far as the the stories we've seen so far on this one <laughs> yeah agreed yeah i was just like even the last one was better <laughs> oh i agree yep. i know what a what a disservice to the second se- segment having to follow the first <laughs> right <laughs> well a couple couple faces and moments to highlight here um there's a moment where spider-man swings away from the beach and is talking to the police officers there <laughs> Um, and turns his entire head fully around in order to do it. Uh, and I just, uh, it's an unsettling image. I missed and that. So I made wow. sure everyone has to look at it. Yikes. Incredible. <laughs> and it's prolonged, too. It's like not a weird animation thing. They they, they chose that. <laughs> Yikes. I don't think spiders can do that, but okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I would think not. <laughs> also, King of Faces has to make an appearance here. J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, God. Yes. What is this? Yes. I, I almost pulled this face, too. I'm glad that you did. Because uh-huh. how can you? Because this is the face that he makes 
when he realizes that like Peter can go do for the ransom swap for him, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, meat shield. So yes. yeah, that, his meat, meat shield. shield. It's his meat shield mm-hmm. face, but it's also like like biting his own lip, like bedroom eyes kind of face. <laughs> oh no. Like, Mm, uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's uncomfortable, but it's it's just uh, fantastic. <laughs> it's funny because sometimes J. Jonah Jameson is drawn like a handsome man uh, in this show, but in this case, when he's yeah. actually mm-hmm. making sort of a bedroom face, he's not not very handsome. <laughs> it's quite distorted. No, no, no. <laughs> the hair is certainly a thing, and I'm a little concerned about. <laughs> The thing that's supposed to be a mustache, but isn't. Oh yeah, actually, well, that's always been an unfortunate feature. <laughs> Why does it only go that far on his right? face? That's not how mustaches work. It also just looks like it's his nose. hair. I was going to say it honest. looks like his nose hair. Yep, that was exactly. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. it looks like his nose hair rather than a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now I need to go look at the other faces. Does it always look like that? No, no. Now I'm going back and checking. It's usually at least closer, but it does always look like his nose hair. How yeah. weird. Oh, man, I'm never going to be able to unsee that now. <laughs> no. He's been ruined. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what ruined Jameson. <laughs> right, right, right. Otherwise, he's perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, unproblematic fave, for totally. sure. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if we're talking bedroom Jameson, we must talk bath time Sandman. <laughs> yes. Uh, because he just, he looks so pathetic in the in the water trough, uh, <laughs> hugging himself. Uh, his arms coming up at angles that do not make sense. That do not actually uh. work for how <laughs> arms work. I mean, yes, he is Sandman. Sandman. <laughs> yeah, he can stretch out his arms. <laughs> not when he's wet. He's soggy. Right. I was going to say, he's True, soggy. Huh? He can't. True. But, like, honestly, well, okay. You know, actually, now that I think about it, it almost works, sort of, because wet sand does clump together more. Yeah, no, it should make sense that he's like droopy and soggy and sort of like sort of. at weird angles and stuff. The show just goes out of its way to be like, well, I guess he can't transform. Now. Right. I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make it make sense, but sort of. I don't know. No, I, I like it better the way you're thinking of it, for sure. <laughs> I like yeah. I like better the idea that his arms are just sort of sinking into the water. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He's just kind of clumping together. <laughs> And there yeah. has certainly been, like, iterations of Sandman, even in, like, Spider-Man 3, where, like, you know, he, the, the water does, like, incapacitate him in a certain way. Um, it's just, you know, usually portrayed as, like, oh, it blasts pieces off of him, or he just, oh, like, yeah. you know, slides through, like, a grate with along with the water, not, like, sitting in a trough, hugging himself <laughs> like it's bath time, saying, I'm defeated. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, water, great solution to combat Sandman. You can wash him away, you can freeze him, you can do whatever it's just hilarious that they're like well this is what solidifies his molecules into place (laughs) is water (laughs) freezing yes freezing would make more sense that would make more sense (laughs) like that i would totally buy that because then if it's wet sand frozen you know he'd be stuck that would totally make sense Mara, one of my favorite uh spider-man cartoons episodes featuring sandman involves that very mechanic oh. of trying to freeze Sandman. It's beautiful. Fun. Yeah. I can imagine that being, that being very funny. <laughs> well, Mara, what do you think? And what did Brock think? I guess just generally, I know we got some of his thoughts, but uh, what an opportunity to get a 12 year old's opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think he thought it was amusing. Um, maybe not amusing <laughs> enough to watch again. 
But <laughs> yeah, as I said, he he definitely was expecting a little more characterization. He's you know spoiled by by modern <laughs> modern cartoons and modern books. But uh, yeah, sure. but no, he laughed and, I, and he did stay for the whole thing, which I wasn't honestly expecting. So nice. Yeah, he laughed. Yeah. He had fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not a boring show. You know. Yeah, yeah. And what about you? Would you watch again? <laughs> I would actually. I would. I don't know that I would want to watch the whole season, but yeah, I would watch again. It was. It was. It was definitely fun. It was nostalgic. I mean, I didn't specifically remember this. I don't know if I would remember any specific episode. Maybe sure. I would. I don't know. It's possible, but it was. It was definitely nostalgic to watch. That's my childhood right there. Yeah. Do you have? Uh, do you have? spidey villains that do sort of stand out to you as as like the more memorable ones um doc ock is the one that like you know if you ask me to name a villain that's the first one and ma- the main one that would come to mind immediately oh we love yeah. doc ock around here so. yeah truly do. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't even remember I, I i said i own a good chunk of the uh the ultimate spider-man from what was that that would have been the early 2000s 2000s because I was mm-hmm. I was buying I was buying a lot of comics at the time, and I own a bunch of the graphic novels. I can't for the life of me remember what specific. I'm pretty sure Doc Ock is in that, which is probably why it's the one that is most familiar to me. But uh, I, I I really I mean I liked I liked those comics a lot, and that's the main Spider-Man comics that I've read. I mean I've nice, read nice. some others here and there, but that was the main thing. Yeah, Derek kept up with that that title for sure. Mm-hmm. For a long time. I picked it yeah. up when Miles entered the scene. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had st- I had definitely stopped reading before Miles, but I was very excited to hear. And we did uh, we watched Into the Spider Verse. Um, oh yes, because my daughter had seen it. I think in uh, she was taking a film class. I think it was in one of her film classes in middle school. They had watched it, and she was she came home. She's like, "No, we need to. We all need to watch this. Everyone needs to watch this. We're going to watch this." Yes, uh, so we all she has sat good down. Taste. Yes, she does. She does. It was <laughs> so that was so amazing. I mean, we were excited about Miles just on general principle of the thing, you know. Of course, we are we are big fans of representation, so we were like, "That is so great!" But that was an amazing, amazing movie. So yeah. good, astoundingly well done. <laughs> and just yeah, just the whole thing. We loved it a lot. So yes, yes. Make sure the kids know Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, I, I am astounded at the number of things that I that my kids actually don't know. We've watched we've watched very little Star Trek. Um, mm. I think pretty much the only thing I, I made them watch the Trouble with Tribbles because I oh, felt well. I felt at the very Culture. least they had yeah. to know that episode. Like if I if I did yeah. not ever get to show them any other Star Trek. They had to know the trouble with dribbles. Um, yeah, yeah. They know almost nothing about Star Wars, but I'm not as big a Star Wars fan, so sure. you know. Um, I mean, yeah. they know more superhero stuff because I was, you know, more into superheroes later. But yeah, I, they know more DC than they do Marvel. Um, yeah. Because by the time they were old enough, I was buying mostly DC. So there's a there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh god, I haven't shown them that or that. <laughs> ah! yeah. And and there's so much and there's such yes. a saturation of media now that yes. like it's impossible. You know, I remember I remember when I, when I was a kid, 
you know, there was there was less stuff to see and do and less access. So, yeah, if my dad was watching Star Trek on TV, I would just watch it with him because what else was I going to watch if he's watching it? Right. But, like, it's a lot easier for kids to do whatever they want and watch other watch other stuff, you know? Yeah, now, it's, so. it's, it is just – it's impossible to, to keep up. Yeah, I mean, I watched Star Trek and Doctor Who because they were on at, like, you know, 5 and 5.30 on the – you know, on Channel – 20 whatever you know whatever pbs uh, one was on one was on pbs and one was on like the local network before the news or something i don't remember but i yeah i watched star trek and doctor who with my father you know but yeah now my my kids can access you know anime (laughs) from anime from france uh (laughs) you know they 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 want they both watched wakfu and i was like okay yeah French anime, well and if, sure. if if you're watching something that they don't want to watch they can go watch their french anime you know like exactly. similarly with me like i the reason i watched star trek voyager was because my sister watched it and we had one tv you know so exactly yes uh, exactly yeah <laughs> when i was a kid when i was a kid there was one tv and yeah. it was downstairs in the living room and yeah that was you know that was that was what was being watched there was no <laughs> there was no there's no phone to watch on there was no laptop to watch on yeah our computer certainly our computer did not have an internet connection until after I left for college, I believe. So yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 so hard. I, so, I mean, I I do try to sit down and watch things with the kids when possible because sure. yeah, know, sure. it is it is nice to have the common reference. So we do we watch a, we watch we did watch a lot more Toku together when they were younger. Mm-hmm. It's it's been much harder to keep up as you know they've gotten older and and had their own lives and you know of course. my daughter's my daughter's now in high school so that uh, but she is now she is spreading the word of Toku she has uh, a local friend and a friend in the Netherlands and they get together on Saturday afternoons and watch Toku and she's shown that she's shown them Common Rider and Super Sentai and nice and every, every once in a while they let me join them and it's just <laughs> so fun to watch with them. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the obvious sort of like plus side of the internet and saturation of media, right? Is like for every for every situation where like a kid wanders off to watch their own thing because they don't want to watch what their parents watching, mm-hmm. you hope that there's also a kid who's finding something their parent might never have introduced them to that they needed to find or that there's a friend that they might not have been able to find or keep up with, you know, previously. So, you know, that's the hope is that most folks are getting good stuff out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am happy to be an enabler of her, you know, showing everybody uh, Common Rider yeah. and Super Sentai. So yeah. I, you know, I, I am, I can't, I, I said, I, I said I couldn't decide if I was the worst mom or the best mom because while my, <laughs> while my, while my daughter was at camp, I was on Discord and I was spamming the the other two girls with, um, with like shippy, you know, photo shoots. <laughs> you know, you know how Toku like every 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 photo shoot has like the two main heroes, oh, yeah. you know, hugging each other and looking longingly into each other's eyes. Of course. And, you know, and flirting. And so I was just sitting there spamming them with <laughs> with various <laughs> shippy photo shoots and making them go, Oh my god. Am I I the worst mom or the best mom? Uh, the best. Sounds like a cool mom, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> and if you're listening to this episode because of 1967 Spider-Man and you're wondering, why are we talking Toku? Well, <laughs> many reasons. One, it's how we know Mera. And two, go check out the Spider-Man Japanese series made by Toei yes! uh, that goes on to influence Tokusatsu and Power Rangers. It all it all connects. It does. <laughs> it's it all does. related. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Well, Mary, it has been such a blast having you here. Thank you so much for joining us to talk old school Spidey. Thank you for inviting me. I had super fun. I uh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> good, 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 good. Luckily, we haven't had anybody yet who's been like, this was terrible, and I hope you never <laughs> invite me to watch old c- cartoons again. <laughs> so we're batting okay so far. Excellent. Um, if you would like people to find you online or anything you're doing or talking about, is there a way people can do that? Uh, the easiest way is to find me on Twitter. I am at Mara Greengrass because I always fail at pseudonyms because I can barely <laughs> keep track of real people's names. If you try to get me to remember people's pseudonyms as well, forget it. I would actually forget who I was, I'm sure. So <laughs> I am at Mara Greengrass on Twitter. Uh, and of course, uh, the Toku Ladies podcast is currently yes. on a little hiatus due to stress on everybody's <laughs> part and various fandom sure. shenanigans. But we will be back at some point. And always worth listening to. Sometimes I listen to old episodes just because it's good stuff. <laughs> we have a lot of so. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was great. Thank you. Well, it has been an absolute blast to have guests for our 1967 coverage, and we will continue to do so. If you've missed any of them, um, you can check them out all over the place. One place to start is at our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. It's a great way to support our show, and there are all sorts of goodies in there that I'm sure you heard in our lovely Patreon ad <laughs> in the middle of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, check out our Discord. It's it's very new. We would love for people to join in there and chat Spidey with us. There is a link in the show notes. Also, if you would like to find Derek or me all over the internet, you can do that in a number of ways. Derek, where can people find you and the things that you are working on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. It's a podcast about Pokemon where I get together with some of my friends and just talk about Pokemon as I feel like it. And if you like books or video games or both, you can check me out on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I get together to talk about all the media we've been consuming lately. If you'd like more of Derek and me on a podcast, but talk Talking about something not Spider-Man, you can do so at our podcast, Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we're watching every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Toy Story 3 is out now wherever you get your podcasts. For everything we're working on together, visit our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. There's a full archive of all of our podcast episodes that's easy to sort through. You can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnappers.com podcast at gmail.com of course please rate review and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing somebody else will too and those ratings and reviews make us much more visible next week spidey faces a hungry hungry robot that i'm sure they will call a robot and a spooky spooky goblin in diet of destruction and the witching hour bye see ya I've fought many menaces, but none more awesomely powerful than this walking blast furnace you see before you. Is there any way for one lone web-slinger to douse this living inferno? We'll learn the suspenseful answer together next time we meet.
Baseball's a great game. But not the way the Green Goblin plays it. If spooky stories are your dish, don't miss the excitement heading your way when the goblin traps me during the witching hour. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang up. Wherever there's a hang up, you'll find the Spider-Man. Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm going to do that again because that motorcycle Oh my wave. god. Wow. That's never that nice. timing has never happened. That's hilarious. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Jesus, why can't I talk? I was just going to keep rolling and then I was like, I can't. I have to acknowledge what no. just came out of my mouth. <laughs>